Live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Tonight, as we mark the conclusion of our celebration of Black History Month, we are reminded of our nation's path towards civil rights and the work that still remains to be done. Recent threats targeting Jewish community centers and vandalism of Jewish cemeteries, as well as last week's shooting in Kansas City, remind us that while we may be a nation divided on policies, we are a country that stands united in condemning hate and evil in all of its very ugly forms. What we are witnessing today is the renewal of the American spirit. Our allies will find that America is once again ready to lead. We have begun to drain the swamp of government corruption by imposing a five-year ban on lobbying by executive branch officials. We have cleared the way for the construction of the Keystone and Dakota Access Pipelines. I have further ordered the Departments of Homeland Security and Justice, along with the Department of State and the Director of National Intelligence, to coordinate an aggressive strategy to dismantle the criminal cartels that have spread all across our nation. We will stop the drugs from pouring into our country and poisoning our youth, and we will expand treatment for those who have become so badly addicted. We want all Americans to succeed, but that can't happen in an environment of lawless chaos. We must restore integrity and the rule of law at our borders. For that reason, we will soon begin the construction of a great, great wall along our southern border. We are also taking strong measures to protect our nation from radical Islamic terrorism. It is not compassionate but reckless to allow uncontrolled entry from places where proper vetting cannot occur. I have also imposed new sanctions on entities and individuals who support Iran's ballistic missile program and reaffirmed our unbreakable alliance with the State of Israel. To launch our national rebuilding, I will be asking Congress to approve legislation that produces a $1 trillion investment in infrastructure of the United States, financed through both public and private capital, creating millions of new jobs. Tonight, I am also calling on this Congress to repeal and replace Obamacare. Obamacare premiums nationwide have increased by double and triple digits. As an example, Arizona went up 116 percent last year alone. Remember, when you were told that you could keep your doctor and keep your plan, we now know that all of those promises have been totally broken. Obamacare is collapsing, and we must act decisively to protect all Americans. 
We should ensure that Americans with pre-existing conditions have access to coverage and that we have a stable transition for Americans currently enrolled in the health care exchanges. Education is the civil rights issue of our time. I am calling upon members of both parties to pass an education bill that funds school choice for disadvantaged youth including millions of African-American and Latino children. To break the cycle of poverty, we must also break the cycle of violence. The murder rate in 2015 experienced its largest single-year increase in nearly half a century. In Chicago, more than 4,000 people were shot last year alone. And the murder rate so far this year has been even higher. To create this future, we must work with, not against, not against, the men and women of law enforcement. I have ordered the Department of Homeland Security to create an office to serve American victims. The office is called Voice, Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement. We are providing a voice to those who have been ignored by our media and silenced by special interests. I am sending Congress a budget that rebuilds the military, eliminates the defense sequester, and calls for one of the largest increases in national defense spending in American history. We are blessed to be joined tonight by Corinne Owens, the widow of U.S. Navy Special Operator, Senior Chief William Ryan Owens. Ryan died as he lived, a warrior and a hero, battling against terrorism and securing our nation. Ryan was a part of a highly successful raid that generated large amounts of vital intelligence that will lead to many more victories in the future against our enemy. Ryan's legacy is etched into eternity. Thank you. Thank you. To those allies who wonder what kind of a friend America will be, look no further than the heroes who wear our uniform. But our partners must meet their financial obligations. And now, based on our very strong and frank discussions, they are beginning to do just that. In fact, I can tell you the money is pouring in. Very nice. I am asking all members of Congress to join me in dreaming big and bold and daring things for our country. I am asking everyone watching tonight to seize this moment, believe in yourselves, believe in your future, and believe once more in America. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless the United States. 
All right, so that was President Trump last night at his first joint address to Congress. It was not the State of the Union. A president has to be in office uh, for, I believe it's a year prior to it being called the State of the Union. So his first address is what's just simply called a joint uh, session of Congress. Basically, State of the Union, just technically uh, not called that. It's more of a layout the agenda of what we hope to do instead of a here's what we've done in the last year speech because he's only been in office, obviously, for a month. All right, you're listening to the show this is kvxl 101.1 fm experience liberty radio from liberty baptist church it is wednesday which means we have church tonight 7 p.m join us 6501 west lake mead boulevard if you are in las vegas okay i want to hit a few of the highlights from president trump's address last night and then we'll move into some other stories uh, from this week uh but first you know i i watched the majority of the speech i didn't watch all of it i was in and out for parts of it um had some issues with my puppy and cleaning my pool and different things I was working on in between. But overall, I thought it was a very, very good speech. I thought it was uh, conservative. I thought that it was on target. I thought that it was on message. I thought that it was inspiring and hopeful um, and that it was well presented. I think that President Trump, when he stays on teleprompter, does a pretty good job and uh, he didn't dive into what he could have he wasn't uh, going after the media he wasn't attacking his democratic opponents he didn't bring in any of his previously traditional doom and gloom uh warnings of of carnage uh and he it wasn't there wasn't a ton of policy specifics uh but he was able to present i think just a good uh, agenda um, and a good message of hope. And that's what I really got out of it. It was a very optimistic speech, which is something I think we haven't seen as much from Mr. Trump. And it was a very disciplined speech, again, I believe because of the teleprompter. And I think that, uh, again, Mr. Trump on teleprompter is is pretty solid. Um, the one thing that was to me, glaringly missing from his speech. Overall, again, let me just say, I thought it was an excellent speech. But for me, there was a huge omission in that he did not give any mention whatsoever of religious liberty or conscience rights. Now, that doesn't mean that he will or will not govern in, to reflect that, but for me and for the things that I believe, to me, that was something that I wish would have been Included, But again, overall, I think it was very good. Uh, the most touching moments of the night for me personally were um, Supreme Court justices that attend these addresses. They never stand or, cl- well, sometimes they stand, but they never clap at these events. But they clapped last night because uh, President Trump pointed out uh, the widow of former Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, and she received a warm uh, standing ovation, including that from the Supreme current Supreme Court uh, justices. And then, of course, uh, the most moving moment of the evening was when um, President Trump spoke about Navy Chief William Ryan Owens, who was killed in a military raid in uh, in Yemen shortly after President Trump took office. And Trump said of him that Ryan died as he lived, a warrior and a hero. Uh, and he said that Ryan's legacy is etched into eternity. 
which led to a two-minute, 11-second standing ovation uh, as Karen Owens stood. Uh, she was sobbing and, uh, and crying, clasping her hands, his, uh, his widow. Trump continued, Ryan is looking down right now. You know that, and I think he's very happy because you just broke a record, Trump said, joking about the length of the applause. And then he continued, he said, For as the Bible teaches us, there is no greater act of love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Ryan laid down his life for his friends, for his country and for our freedom we will never forget him and he said that his life has been etched into eternity it was a it was a very moving moment and very nice very refreshing to have a president who when he quotes scripture doesn't take it completely out of context i thought that was that was well done uh he also focused strongly bigly hugely whatever you want to say on american exceptionalism uh, he said, uh, he said, cures to illnesses that have always plagued us are not too much to hope. American footprints on distant worlds are not too big to dream. Millions lifted from welfare to work is not too much to expect. And streets where mothers are safe from fear, schools where children learn in peace, and jobs where Americans prosper and grow are not too uh, much to ask. He said he was asking, quote, asking all members of Congress to join me in dreaming big and bold and daring things for our country. So there was a big one on American uh, American exceptionalism, which is a huge theme of the of Trump's both his campaign and looks to be a big theme of his presidency. And nothing wrong with that uh, whatsoever. Uh, he also he t- probably the moment that got the biggest chuckle for me personally was his mention of the Great Great Wall, because one great would clearly not be enough because it has to be greater than China, and then that just took my brain all kinds of places like ooh, can we create like instead of just a boring wall can we make like a great wall of china wall could be a great great wall so it's a tourist attraction and uh, a defensive thing although you know i i haven't seen the movie but i've heard that the making of the actual great wall in china uh china i can't even china china i can't say it the way it should probably be said in this context but um Meaning, as Mr. Trump would say it, don't get all offended, guys. It's okay. Um, where was I going? Oh, a lot of death, a lot of bad things happened with the with the construction of the actual Great Wall of China. So maybe not. I don't know. Uh, he also put a big focus on Obamacare, shown the spotlight there, and called upon Congress to basically get with the program, get that repealed and replaced because the promises of if you liked your doctor, you could keep your doctor, obviously are not happening. Um, He didn't get real into the details of how he would do different things, but these speeches don't often dive into those. They're more of um, of an overview if you will. But he did say he did promise a big, big cut to the corporate uh, tax rate and said that they will provide or his administration will provide massive tax relief uh, for the middle class. Again, not we didn't have details there. Uh, we didn't have a lot of details throughout. But again, this is just it's more of a it's more of like a, a campaign speech in that it doesn't outline how we're going to make it happen. We're just these are the things that we want to do type speech. Uh, he said he'd wipe ISIS off the face of the earth. Um, he he threw in Abraham Lincoln, mentioned that he was the first Republican uh, president. Um, let's see. He did not really get into immigration reform a whole lot. Um, and I think that's that's really 
those were pretty much the highlights for me. Oh, he did he did go pretty strong on school choice. He said uh, private schools, charter schools, public schools, and homeschools. Love hearing homeschool mentioned from the uh, the halls of Congress, or rather on the House floor, being a homeschooler such as I am. And by the way, I've I've been in in the house uh, on the well in the in the uh, balcony area, and that room it never ceases to amaze me how big the TV cameras make that room look. Like it looks big, it is not big. It is small. That is an incredibly small room, and it always amazes me how large. Like I don't know how they do it with camera angles or what's happening, but it's like it's almost trick photography. I'm telling you, if you've been in this this room, it's very small. At least much smaller than I was anticipating, having grown up watching State of the Unions and various things from the house floor throughout my life. Um, worst moments of the night where there were uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and this one other Democrat. There were several Democrats all night long that never stood for anything. They did not even stand uh, to acknowledge the widow of the fallen Navy SEAL. Like, I get it. Your policies, your politics don't agree with the current president. Fine. You don't have to stand and clap. You don't have to clap. I get that. Republicans did it when President Obama was in office. Democrats did it when President Bush was in office and so on and so forth. It's just the tradition. You don't sit or clap. Or, I mean, you don't uh, stand or clap if it's not your guy. Okay, whatever. That's fine. That's just the way it always is. But to not even acknowledge the wife of a fallen hero... And then you had, they were booing. <laughs> they were booing victims of crime. When Trump mentioned, well, and the reason they were booing it is because its focus is on helping victims of crimes committed by illegal immigrants. And so um, you would presume that the reason they're booing is because they don't want anything negative presented about illegals. But the fact of the matter is, there are victims of crimes that are committed by illegals. And Trump has created a committee, or uh, what is it? Victims of I don't, I don't. It's not a committee. It's it's a I don't want to say organization, but I can't think of the word right now. But he created this group to help those people specifically, and the Democrats booed victims of crime. Like there comes a point where you need to think through what you're doing. And then I had a lot of people ask me last night, well, what, why are, why are so many people wearing white? Well, a bunch of the, uh, the women on the Democrat side of the aisle wore white. It's throwback uh, to the women's suffrage movement during suffrage. Many times women uh, in that movement would wear white. So essentially they were attempting to protest, um, protest Trump's treatment of women, which again, I am still trying to figure out what rights I as a woman uh, lost the moment Donald Trump became president. I still haven't found any, still looking for answers there. If you know the answers, you can uh, tweet me at the Frittle on Twitter. But uh, so they wore white to protest uh, women's, for women's rights, which I'm not sure, again, what women's rights Mr. Trump um, miraculously or villainously managed to evaporate the moment he came into power. Um, but that was what they were wearing white for. Uh, the the pins that they were wearing, I think they said something like, oh, I did know this last night, it was like, hands off my health care or something like that. Um, hang on, let me see if I can find it. I did have the exact wording. 
protect our care. That's what it was. Thanks to my friend uh, Genevieve pointed that out. Last night, the pins said protect our care. So, <laughs> again, because apparently no one in America has health care because Donald Trump is president and or if he takes away uh, Obamacare, no one in America will have health care, even though we somehow managed to survive prior to Obamacare. But, you know, whatever. There were also <laughs> Democrats doing, there's actually a really funny uh, gif of Democrats doing a thumbs down while Trump was speaking. And they were just like keep doing it. Um, it 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 just it looks ridiculous. Like it, it just really looks silly. I mean, it's one thing to sit there in peaceful, you know, or unpeaceful, disturbed sittingness, but the thumbs down. It, it's just there's no class, no class. And it amazes me the things that the media lets Democrats get away with that if Republicans had dared to do when Obama was in office, they would have just been butchered on the nightly news night after night after night. But Democrats get away with this somehow. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. We need some class and some civility back in our country again. And I actually I thought that President Trump did a great job. I thought his message was overall very uniting. He could have been extremely divisive, but he wasn't. He could have stood up there and gloated, but he didn't. Now, I have to admit, after eight years of not really agreeing with anything that was said in the State of the Union address, uh, I was finally able to appreciate much of what was being said, and I felt like standing and clapping too, although I have to admit, the State of the Union addresses, like his speech... All by itself, if you took out all the clapping, was probably 20 minutes. I mean, maybe somewhere along the line we should limit the clapping, but I get it. It's all it's all politics. It's all a big show. But I, overall, I thought it was a very good speech. Uh, credit where due. Well done. Well done, Mr. President. Appreciate uh, that speech last night, and hopefully he follows through with much of what he has promised. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about a story you've probably heard over the weekend. It's about a Texas State Girls Wrestling title, so stay tuned for that. Uh, For right now, we're going to play Blessings from Laura's Story. This is KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. All right, that was Laura's story with blessings. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. You know something I really don't like? Is when you get an email with this subject line, today only, free giveaway, get it before it ends. And you're like, yes. And you click on it and you're like, oh, I'm such a stupid head. I'm sorry if you think that that's a bad word, but I'm saying it about myself. So I'm not I'm not calling anybody else that, just myself. Because you click on it and they're like, today only, spend $100 and we'll send you this tiny little piece of candy for free. And you're like, um, so you're telling me if I spend $100, you're going to send me what I could walk down to Walmart and buy for 50 cents for free? No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm. Yeah, not, 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 not cool. I got that during the break, and I clicked on it, and I should have known. It's clickbait, it's clickbait. Don't open it, don't, you just delete it, just hit delete. But I, I 
didn't listen to my instincts because the word free, it gets you. You know it does. If you see free, you're just like, gotta click it. Gotta see. Gotta know what it is. (sighs) Anyway. All right. So you've probably heard about this story. Maybe you haven't. Uh, Either way, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it, all right? If you've got uh, kids in the car and you this is not an issue that you want to be discussing with them, we're going to be talking about a transgender teen uh, who won the Texas Girls, Texas State Wrestling title for girls wrestling. Uh, so if that's not something you want to be addressing uh, with your children, you may want to find uh, another station for a few minutes here. I'm not going to get real in-depth into anything, but I understand if you uh, just wanted to give that little disclaimer here before we get started. So... Before I read the article to you about this uh, that I want to go with just to get the, the facts on this and you get super confused, let me just put very simply uh, what is going on here. So we have a girl who was born a girl It says she believes she is a male and uh, is taking testosterone injections, competed against girls in uh, girls wrestling and beat them. All the way to the state title in girls wrestling. So you say, what's the big deal? A girl won in girls wrestling. The big deal is that this girl is undergoing gender change surgery, which has included uh, some things that, again, I won't get into because this is a family show and some of you may have your kids listening. But let's just say that this girl is not having to deal with many of the hormones and girl issues that any other girl wrestler her age does. All right, but most outrageous of all, her transition includes testosterone injections. She is literally doped up on steroids. Of course, she's going to beat any other girl who is not. Because she is cheating. If any other athlete took this type of an injection, they would be thrown out for cheating. But this is somehow allowed and okay... Because she is transitioning to a he. And apparently, if you identify as a... If you're a girl that identifies as a boy and you're getting shot up with male hormones, you you don't have to compete with the boys. But you should, or maybe you shouldn't because you're actually a girl, but you know why you wouldn't want to compete with the boys anyway? Because even if your body is getting shot full of male hormones, if God made you a girl, you are a girl. And if you fight the boys, you're probably not going to win. And you're definitely not going to win a state championship because you're still a girl. God made you a girl. But if God made you a girl and then you get shot up with super strength male testosterone and then fight other girls, you're going to beat them because you're on drugs. And there's a lot of articles that have been written about this. I tried to find one that's just presented the facts because I have my own uh, analysis, if you will. So I found this one from KTLA uh, in in somewhere. Where is KTLA? LA? Oh, LA. Duh. <laughs> Los Angeles. KTLA 5. Uh, it's KTLA.com. 17-year-old undefeated transgender boy wrestler in Texas is forced to compete as a girl, angering opponent's parents. All right, so this is where the plot kind of thickens. This is why I picked this article, because they point out some things that other articles haven't been pointing out. Mac Beggs, 17, is an undefeated wrestler uh, or excuse me, high school wrestler who is nearly two years into a female-to-male transition. 
I they call him he. I'm going to call her she because that's how God made her. She's competing in this weekend's Texas State Championship in the girls' division. During her transition, Beggs has been taking testosterone. But because she's listed as female on her birth certificate, the statewide university interscholastic league won't let Mac wrestle boys. So the Trinity High School junior has been wrestling and winning against girls all season. Earlier this month, the parent of a competitor of Beggs filed a lawsuit demanding the league place Mac in the boys' division despite her birth certificate. There's a reason they're called performance-enhancing drugs and why they're banned by every anti-doping agency in the world, said the father who filed the suit, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. There's no question it is an advantage. The league granted Beggs permission to take testosterone because she is using the hormone for a, quote, valid medical purpose, unquote, the newspaper reported. Beggs is 54-0 this season as of Friday when she won her first and second match in the state tournament, the Dallas Morning News reported. Beggs advanced to the semifinals after winning her second match when she was met with a few boos, according to the news. Mac wants to wrestle boys, and she'll never be recognized as a boy because of the birth certificate in the state of Texas, a woman whose daughter lost to the teen told the newspaper. Female wrestlers don't have a chance. During Friday's matches, reporters and news cameras surrounded Beggs. She didn't acknowledge their presence, going to the weigh-in like any other wrestler the news reported. Excuse me here for a second. Sorry, I was getting all clogged up. I had to blow... Blow the nose. The news reported that Texas school district superintendents last year voted overwhelmingly to approve a policy requiring that students compete against the gender that matches their birth certificate. Ah... That is where things get complicated. And this is the part that no one's really talking about. Let me read that again. Texas school district superintendents last year voted overwhelmingly to approve a policy requiring that students compete against the gender that matches their birth certificate. That's where things get really sticky. Because if you just think about that for a second and someone says to you, would you support a policy that requires that students compete against the gender that's listed on their birth certificate? And you're in my listening audience. You're most likely like myself. You're going to say, yes, definitely, of course. So that's where this gets complicated because I understand exactly why Texas decided this, why they had this ruling. Because, you know what, they'd be exactly right on this issue in the case that boys are listed as boys on their birth certificates, then boys that are born as boys should only ever compete in boys' sports. But things get tricky when you have girls who are trying to become boys and they're competing in girls' sports. Then what do you do? And if you dare to suggest that such individuals are doping up rather than undergoing, quote, legitimate medical treatments, unquote, you'd be raked across hot coals. See, this is what happens when you pervert our gender identities. Things just start to get so mixed up and confusing because you would think, go Texas, rah, rah, Texas. Let's do something like this in our state. Whatever gender is listed on your birth certificate is the only gender you can ever compete in sports with. Yes, do it. But then because we've so warped and perverted gender identity, you have things like this. 
where now all of a sudden you have a girl who's literally doping up on drugs trying to become a boy who is competing against girls because that's what we've decided you have to do because your birth certificate says you're a girl. So now you can only ever compete against girls, but you're allowed to dope because you're undergoing medical treatment. And the thing is, this is just the beginning. You want to know where this is headed? Let me tell you where this is headed. The next step is that you will have boys claiming they believe they are girls, claiming to compete, or claiming that they're claiming, clamoring to compete in girls' sports just outright. And if you adjust the law to make the girl that's doping compete in boys' sports, then you're most likely going to have to adjust the law to let boys who are undergoing their transition, if you will, compete in girls' sports. And once upon a time, this would have been the most ludicrous thing you'd ever heard. And quite frankly, it still is. If you're a boy and you think you're a girl, but you were born with boy parts, your body is pumped full of testosterone, and guess what? Yeah, you can beat the girls. This isn't rocket science. We've seen it happen. There's been stories about this. Because, look, the average boy is stronger than the average girl. That's just a fact. You can call me sexist or homophobic or whatever other name you want. But here's the thing. We've moved past having to be tolerant of differing beliefs. We now have to embrace them and accept them or we're bigots. It's not enough to simply be tolerant. You have to be embracing and accepting Now, look, I don't know why any girls would want to be involved in wrestling anyway, but some are, and this is their thing. Of course, if you throw a boy in there or a girl that's doping, that individual is going to win. All right? I mean, picture the WNBA All-Star team playing the NBA All-Stars, and that's pretty much what would happen, okay? The fact of the matter is that boys are just, they're going to beat girls. If you put the average boys against average girls in sports or athletics, the boys are going to win. Now, soccer, that might be a different story at the moment, but it's also a different sport. And you have the factor of soccer being about lower body strength primarily, which makes it a sport that women can do really well in if they start young. Not to mention that in America, soccer as a girl's sport has been embraced and more uh, populated, if you will, for decades. Whereas it's just recently becoming a big thing for boys because it was always football, football, football. But give it 10 years and our men's soccer team will be able to beat our women's soccer team, right? So that could be the one exception that you guys could argue with me about. But anyway, point being... This shouldn't even be a conversation. Anyone with a brain knows that if you throw a boy who is a decent wrestler into a ring with a girl who is a decent wrestler, the boy is going to win. And in my personal opinion, there is no pride whatsoever in being a boy who can beat a girl at girls' sports. (laughs) There is no pride in this case either of being a girl who is transitioning to a boy and is being pumped full of testosterone and beating other girls who are not cheating in this way. If I was the parent of a girl this kid beat on her way to her championship, I'd be mad too. I mean, why even have gender-divided sports then? And that's where this is going, seriously. If girls changing to boys, or as I suspect we'll soon see, if outright boys can compete in girls' sports if they feel they identify as a girl today, then why even have gender division in sports? You know why? 
Because what would happen then is that every team would be 99% male, and then women would be like, women's rights! And then we would create women's only sports, and then that would somehow be divisive and hateful and discriminatory to males, and the whole thing would come full circle, and it's just ridiculous. (laughs) This is what happens when we reject God. See, how much time do I have left? Do I have time to get into this? Yeah, let's just keep going. We'll just go to the end. So, on a related subject, and then I'm going to put a nice bow on this thing. Y'all remember... You all remember Rachel Dozell? She's basically the female version of Sean King, but without as large of a social following. And somehow she's been ostracized while Sean King is exalted. I will never understand this dichotomy, but, you know, whatever. I don't understand liberalism much as it is. So Rachel Dozell, she was born white. She's a Caucasian. She always will be. That's the same as Sean King. He's a dude who was born white and he's always going to be white. But both of these individuals have chosen to reject the way God made them and have passed themselves off as being black for years, if not decades. Both have been exposed and for the same, uh, for some reason rather, Sean King has managed to remain popular despite everyone knowing he's a fraud, while Dozell has not had the same luxury. In fact, uh, Fox News reported uh, that she is now jobless and may soon soon be homeless. All right, she was exposed in June of 2015 when a local television crew asked her the simple question, are you African-American? And then these pictures of her as a younger, white-skinned, blonde-haired individual soon surfaced and her story ex- exploded. So... Uh, And interestingly, she once sued historically black Howard University for racial discrimination because she was white. But she's been passing herself off as a a black lady. But anyway, uh, she has now been turned down for 100 jobs, and her memoir was rejected by 30 publishers before finding a taker. Um, And she's now begun ruffling feathers in the transgender community by claiming that race, like gender, is fluid. She told The Guardian that it's more fluid because it, quote, wasn't even biological to begin with. Race was always a social construct. And she literally wants to be called trans black. Trans black. She believes it should be the new terminology for people who don't identify with the race in which they were born. I... I, I, It baffles me how this is somehow outrageous. People are going crazy about this. Although, as Dizelle herself points out, it should be less outrageous in some way because it isn't biological. (laughs) Even though clearly you are born with boy or girl parts, a.k.a. biology, but you're also born with a certain skin color, which, by the way, would also be biology. So, where am I headed with this? Let's get to the heart of this issue and others like them, shall we? Ready? Here's what it all boils down to. The transgender issue, the transracial issue, these and other conversations of such nature are in their simplest terms merely a rejection of God. Not even necessarily a known rejection of of God, but here it is. If you take God out of the picture, if you teach kids that they are accidental, that there was just all this nothing and then the nothing exploded and created a goop and over billions of years the goop evolved into a frog which became a monkey which became a man what then is the purpose of life you're just a glob of goop with no history no purpose and no future after all but what if you're created by god 
What if you believe what the Bible says? And what if you understand that God himself made you? That the being that spoke the very universe into existence used his own hands to mold you in your mother's womb, that he himself created you, and that he created you on purpose, with a purpose, and when he could have made anyone, he chose to make you. Wow. When you look at life that way, it makes your life incredibly valuable, no matter your gender or your color or your birth order or your nationality. Because if you believe the Bible, the Bible says that God doesn't make mistakes. And if God doesn't make mistakes and God made you a boy, then you're a boy and that's what God made you to be. That doesn't mean that you can't be a believer and be tempted to do that, which the Bible calls unnatural. Of course you can. Temptation comes in all sizes and shapes and, and forms, regardless of whether it comes as, 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 as homosexuality or the desire to steal or to dishonor your parents. Temptation itself isn't a sin. Jesus was tempted. Temptation isn't the problem. It's the giving in to the temptation that's the problem because that's where the sin is. But that's what this all comes down to. Do we accept that God made us? And if God makes us and God doesn't make mistakes, then God made us exactly who we are supposed to be and who we are meant to be. But if we're just a glob of goop that somehow turned into a frog, turned into a monkey, and turned into a man, and we're not going anywhere, and we have no future, and we have no hope, then then what's, what's the purpose of life? And if I don't like my life the way it is right now, and if I reject the way that I evolved into this being that I was never meant to be, then I, I just change it. Or we can say God creates all life and that God creates all life on purpose with a purpose. See the difference? And you might say, well, that all sounds well and good, but I don't know God and I don't know how to know God, but I want to. Well, that's awesome. So here's what you need to know then. The Bible says that we're all sinners and that we've all done wrong and that God is holy and righteous. And one day we're going to die. And when we die, we're going to stand before God to be judged. And there's, there's sin in our life. We're, we're born with sin in our life and it separates us from God. And that sin will keep us from heaven. But the good news is that God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. He came and he died on the cross in your place and my place to pay for your sins and to pay for my sins. And three days after he died, Jesus rose from the dead. He was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses at one time. And after he rose from the dead, Jesus went back to heaven where he's now reigning as the one true God. And he's just waiting for you to call upon him. That's it. It's simple. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. You don't have to get baptized to go to heaven. All you have to do is call upon Jesus. You can know you're going to heaven because of what Jesus did. Because the Bible says in Romans 10 that it's not works of righteousness. It's not things that we do that get us to heaven. It says if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not maybe you will. Not possibly you will. No, you will. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've never asked Jesus to save you, I'd encourage you to do that today. And you can, you can pray right now. You can pray something like this if you want. You could say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I know that you are God. I know that because of my sin I deserve to go to hell, but you died to pay for my sin. 
I believe that you died, that you were buried, and that you rose from the dead, proving that you are God. And right now, in the best way I know how, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to save me, and to take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, and help me now to live for you. Amen. Now, if you just called upon Jesus by praying that prayer, or if you have more questions, or if you don't understand but you want to, you can give us a call. We'd love to talk with you about that. You can call us at 702-647-4522, or you can email us at radio at experienceliberty.com, or you can tweet me or find me on Facebook or whatever else. We'd love to talk with you about that or any anything else, any other questions that you might have. And we'd also love to see you in church tonight. If you want to come talk to somebody in person, that would be a great time to do it. We're located at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard here in Las Vegas, right on the corner of Rainbow and Lake Mead across from the Best Buy. You can come on out, 7 p.m. We have programs for the kids, stuff for adults. We'll be doing discipleship tonight for those of you going through the Continue program. Don't forget about that. Uh, Giselle, if you're listening, look forward to seeing you then. Um, <laughs> and that's all the time I have left for today. Thank you for being here. I know we talked about some serious things today. Tomorrow, maybe we'll get back into some some lighthearted stuff. And then comes Friday, where I give things away and don't talk about any politics. So if you're not in politics, Friday is your day. Friday, it's all about things that I don't talk about the rest of the week because I just run out of time, like today when I'm out of time. And yet I'm still talking, so we should stop that. I have to go. This is The Frittle Show. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. Hope to see you at church tonight. We're going to go out with Mighty to Save from Hillsong. Have a great day, everyone.